We know there are times where you're just too busy to sort through the mass of information that comes your way. So to make it easier for you to stay informed, subscribe to The Morning Agenda, WITF's news podcast, where the only agenda is you. Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like its Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC Heart and Vascular Institute, where you get access to the most advanced treatment options, including a range of clinical trials. Learn more at upmc.com slash centralpaheart. The Lancaster County YWCA has conducted a comprehensive racial equity profile of Lancaster County. And in a groundbreaking move in collaboration with the National Equity Atlas, this organization has unveiled this countywide racial equity profile for Pennsylvania. This comprehensive report titled An Equity Profile of Lancaster County sheds light on the prevailing disparities faced by residents of color in various aspects of life, including economic opportunity, housing, education, health outcomes, and civic engagement. And today we have with us Isabel Castillo and Amy Van Cleve, both from YWCA Lancaster. And I'm happy to have you both on today. Welcome to The Spark. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, indeed. So um, first question here, it's probably a real obvious question. What is this thing? Yes. So the racial equity profile is a report um, that was um, conducted in 2020 after the racial justice protests after the murder of George Floyd. Um, and people in our community were, um, you know, thinking like, finally, people are hearing or understanding what we've been saying all along. And then there was another group of folks who were like, there's no problems in Lancaster County. We're a great community. We're mm. a welcoming community. So, um, Many community community leaders and agencies wanted to get a baseline study of where are we in Lancaster County in terms of racial equity. And so we turned to the Equity Atlas, to Policy Link, to create this report and see where we stand. And why why do this? Uh, what what was it? Uh, what was there a statement? Um, uh, was it the CEO? Was it was it something that happened in the community that made you all say, you know what, this is what we need. This is what we need to do. Yeah, again, well, with all the Lancaster County participated, many community members participated in the protest. Mm -hmm. So folks wanted to get an idea. What can we do? Mm. Um, you know, we need some guidance. What are the issues? And um, I think folks knew these issues that are highlighted in this 96 page report. Mm -hmm. um, but we wanted data. I think data is very important. Um, to really pinpoint where exactly do we need to make these changes in terms of like economic vitality, mm. uh, education, health, where do we stand on that? And unfortunately, uh, there are huge disparities between our white community members in Lancaster County and city and our BIPOC community members. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I really realized in in this report uh, was that even even with Lancaster City and Lancaster County being this welcoming city um, and, and this large influx of of um, migrants coming in, there was still these large disparities. And, and this data is, is something that you cannot refute. 
Um, so can you highlight some of the key findings um, from, from the equity profile? Yes, uh, I'll share a few highlights. Definitely want to welcome Amy Van Cleve to chime in. Um, she's one of our uh, volunteers with our Racial Equity Profile Action Team. Okay. Um, you talked about our community being very diverse and uh, a section of the report is the demographics. Uh, and just between 2010 and 2019, people of color accounted for 88% of the net population growth in Lancaster County. Wow. So our county is becoming very diverse. Um, and then some of the stark uh, data points that were highlighted was that um, our Black community members live five, year, five years less than um, white individuals. Mm. Um, also, cash bail is set $10,000 higher for Black defendants than white uh, defendants, even for accounting for the same uh, charge. 60% hmm. um, of BIPOC renters are rent burden in our county, which means that they pay more than 30% of their income just on rent. Wow. Um, when we go to youth, youth preparedness, 35% uh, of our students are students of color yet only 4% of their teachers are uh, teachers of color. Mm. Um, and so what does that do to our students when they don't see somebody that looks like them? Um, another highlight is the, um, yeah, let's see, I, I mentioned the rent burden. Mm -hmm. Amy, any other highlights that you wanna chime in? Yeah, something that continues to stand out to me is that there, there are about a third of young people of color in our county who are living in poverty. Um, but beyond all these numbers, Isabel and I could, could share statistics and numbers all day long. Um, what they really do though, is they just provide concrete evidence of things we already know. Mm. We know that if we go out into Lancaster County and we ask people, they can point to the ways that they've actually experienced um, inequality in our county in the ways that they don't see their um, students represented in the classroom with their teacher, in the way that we see students of color who receive disproportionately um, severe punishments than their mm -hmm. white counterparts, in the same way that people who go out and try to find a job, um, no matter their education level, people of color earn less than their white counterparts at that same education level. Um, they Again, these numbers just highlight things that we already know are people's lived experiences mm. and the reality of our county. So all the numbers in the world really just serve to hold a mirror up to what we're all living day to day. Yeah, and it um and, and it takes it from um from this ambiguous conversation into uh something that is that is concrete because it it's putting data, it's putting numbers, it's putting information um behind these uh quote unquote urban legends uh that you uh, hear here around town. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me um was the teacher percentage. Um now, I myself, I I come from Lancaster County 
Miami, Lancaster City, um, and and I went to E.R. Martin. I went to uh, Wheatland Middle School and then Lancaster Catholic High School um, and, and only had one BIPOC teacher throughout those uh, 13 years of education counting kindergarten. And that was only my math teacher Mr. Waller, uh, eighth grade at Wheatland Middle School. I mean, even even my Spanish teacher uh, was not a BIPOC person. Uh, so um, so um, does does the um, data say or, or, or does it communicate um, how essential it is to have um, these these indicators for these students, somebody that they can um, see themselves in? Yeah, I would say even the stories that we hear mm. when we're presenting this data of folks saying like, yes, I just like you, Marquise, like I didn't really have any teachers that looked like me. And so we have to ask ourselves and um, what can we do about this? Right. Because what what message are we tr- are we telling our, our BIPOC students mm. that? You know, maybe they can't be teachers, but we obviously know they can. And so representation does matter. Indeed. And I just chime in to say, too, that mm-hmm. it's while it is incredibly important that students of color have teachers who look like them, they have um, trusted adults that they can go to who maybe have similar shared experiences, who understand what they're struggling with. It's also important for white students to see teachers of color so they know authority doesn't just look like me. Knowledge doesn't just look like me. Um, It's important for all of us to make sure that we're represented in the classroom, in the doctor's office, um, throughout all of our interactions in social life. Indeed. So um, so what ways can can these schools and educational institutions uh, begin to actively contribute um, to to the goals set forth by this uh, racial equity profile? Well, I just want to highlight that we have two historic uh, Black colleges within one hour of Lancaster County, mm-hmm. uh, Cheney and Lincoln University. We you know we also have Millersville here. And so what are our leaders doing to make sure that their hiring practices are thorough, that they're um, like really making a concerted effort to try to change these numbers? And so just looking at at our hiring practices i would mm. say is is one thing well i will um i will offer this uh this may be a little biased uh because i am a morgan state alumni as well uh but uh check out morgan state it's only uh it's only about an hour and a half away from uh from lancaster and uh there's some good folks like marquise lupton that graduated from there <laughs> just to just to throw that out there uh so uh how will the coalition uh work with policymakers in addressing these issues raised by the profile So it's incredibly important that we make sure that the racial equity action team, which the YWCA has put together, um, continues to bring in um, people who are experts in this field. And we happen Mm -hmm. to be particularly lucky in Lancaster County that we have so many well-informed individuals who are experts in, again, the lived reality that people see. So an example of this is just a few months ago, in October, we had Representative Smith Waydell, who was able to come and really give a very thorough overview of where we stand with access to affordable housing, not just in Lancaster County, but efforts at the state, 
um, level that can help to address some of the things that lead to housing insecurity, mm. right? Like evictions um, that pre prevent people from accessing the housing that they need, zoning laws that prevent um, affordable housing from being constructed. We, we have a rich resource of individuals who we can bring in and help to identify next steps. Um, how does the racial equity profile address the challenges in the housing situation in Lancaster County? Yeah, so it's, again, I mentioned that 60% of Latinx folks, uh, other BIPOC communities um, are rent burden. Mm. So I think this profile was just outlying what uh, issues are faced here in Lancaster County. And it's up to us, it's up to our leaders, it's up to all of our community members to come together and find some solutions to to these issues. Um, and so, you know, we meet every month mm -hmm. at the YWCA every third Thursday at 6 p.m. And we encourage our listeners, our community members to join us and try to, to find solutions to our housing crisis, solutions to, um, you know, child poverty, as Amy mentioned, um, 30 33% of our Latinx and Black children in Lancaster County live in poverty mm. uh, compared to 6% of our white children, which 6% is still high. That is not a sustainable model for our community to have uh, such high numbers. So um, we just really invite folks to come and share and like really get plugged in to try to make a difference. Yeah. And, and that's uh, that's something that I was going to ask. Uh, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, what are you all doing right now? Is there something current right now? Are there are there meetings happening right now um, where where folks can can uh, join in, where they can volunteer, where they can hear this information and be a part of this? I'm so glad you asked. So as Isabel mentioned, um, we meet every third Thursday at the YWCA. And right now, our action team is working on um, three main priorities. One is developing skill sets to be really effective in our community outreach. And we're doing that by looking at to the examples of civil rights leaders, um, looking at case studies of different effective movements, right? So we learn in school all about Rosa Parks and she sat on a bus and she said no. And then, you know, segregation was solved. Um, <laughs> we're actually digging into what was the community building that mm. went into all of the work leading up to that moment and all of the work that followed in the Montgomery bus boycott, which was actually what led to the end of busing segregation in Montgomery, right? Mm -hmm. So we're examining those things. We're skill building, learning um, how we can be most effective when we meet with legislators, how we can be most effective when we're trying to build coalition among organizations. Um, and then from that, we're also really trying to um, make sure that we continue to share information about the profile. So volunteers meet with folks in our network, in our outreach. I did a presentation to my book club. Um, wow. Isabel and I are doing a presentation at a Leadership Lancaster event just next week. Um, so we're helping to continue spread the word and we would 
love to have folks join us, um, particularly knowing how many effective activists and advocates there are in Lancaster County. So, so, um, Lancaster County, we had this, you know, we had this urban legend about your findings. Um, now, now the data and the information is out there, you know, um, now, now is, is this the time where, where you all hold, hold truth to power? What, what happens next? Definitely. Um, spreading the word is important. Sharing this data, um, and, even when we present to a group of folks, there are people in that room that have decision-making power mm. and that can even change uh, their organizations internally, for example. As Amy mentioned, uh, BIPOC community members um, get paid 3 to $5 less than their white counterparts, mm. even for, uh, with the same education level. And so looking at your own own organization and saying, um, you know, how are we doing in terms of equity? Are we paying all of our staff um, in an equitable way? And we actually, um, a CEO who was at a, one of these presentations went back to their HR and, uh, and this is somebody who thought like, you know, I believe in equity. I feel like I'm doing a great job, but they went back to their um, HR and said, can you run our numbers? Where are we uh, in terms of how we're paying our staff. And their numbers came back very similar to what this report is highlighting. Mm. So not only can we do we need a change at a legislative level, definitely systemic level, but also within our own uh, organizations. And so that's another way folks can take take action. I will tell you this, um, Isabel, you are operating on a higher vibration now because you just answered my next question here, but I'm going to ask it anyway here. So uh, what can business owners, CEOs, COOs, executive staff members do? What can they do with this information? And you mentioned uh, um, some of it before, but if you can uh, um, go into some more detail, if you can, um, what can they do and what should they do with this information? Sure, I'll chime in. And of course, Amy, you can also uh, share, but things are already being done. Again, this profile was created not just by the YWCA, but also like the Lancaster Community Foundation, mm. Union Care, um, CAP. So there's a, a large group of folks. And even, for example, the Lancaster Community Foundation looks to the racial equity profile and is saying, you know, how are you going to use grants to try to address these inequities? Mm. So like even that change has been uh, a big win here in our community. Um, Amy? Yeah, I think that there's enough data that indicates that um, a considerable portion of our jobs in Lancaster County are in fields like healthcare, mm. manufacturing, retail, and food service industries. These are all occupations that have seen a huge surge in demand um, as the economy has been in this weird up and down flux, um, lasting the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. But the long-term trends have seen wages stagnant or decline for workers in the bottom half of the income distribution. All of that means economic recovery strategies have to be paired with wage increases and other equity-focused policies to increase economic security for all workers and families and to especially address persistent racial economic exclusions that leave black households 
more than three and a half times as likely as white households to be in poverty. Mm. When we talk about something like a $15 an hour minimum wage, while that seems like a really significant increase, the um, MIT living wage calculator for Lancaster County indicates that that only works if two adults are earning it and only have one child. Mm. So basically we can pay people more. We can make sure that we're looking at are we paying white people the same as people of color? All of this data indicates in most cases, in almost all cases, the answer to that is no. So businesses can go back, they can look at that, and they can see what they can do to achieve um, economic equality within their own organization. Are they paying their workers enough that they can actually take care of their families? Ladies, I would like to thank you for for joining us on the Spark today. This this has been fantastic. I, I mean, I could I could talk about this for for another 10, 15 minutes. Uh, um, I, I feel like we we not even um, scratched the surface. We just kind of just kind of blew off the dust uh, from the top of this book. Um, but but uh, again, this has been uh, both delightful and insightful. And I really appreciate you all giving us the game on this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity.